Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. Penny Bikes is a talented woman from Norfolk. Penny dreams of becoming a baker, but five years ago she lost her sight due to two different eye conditions. Penny joins me now to tell me about her struggles with her sight loss and her dreams of one day owning her own bakery. Penny, it's such a pleasure to speak to you today. Thank you so much for joining us here on RNIB Connect Radio. Hello and thank you for inviting me. Now, you have recently been the subject of a very interesting magazine article, Penny. It's all about your love for baking and what baking actually means to you. But uh, the difference is you actually bake with not very much eyesight, do you? You have a condition called best disease. I do. Um, My father was very generous. Uh, I inherited it from him, um, which has led me in my 30s to become partially sighted. But I also then, luckily enough, received a second eyesight problem called multifocal choroiditis, which then caused me to go blind. But I don't think any of that has ever stopped me baking. (laughs) Well, this is the thing, Penny. You know, I lost my sight when I was 19 due to diabetes, and it went completely. And I was told by so many people, well, you can't do this anymore, and you can't do that anymore, and, you know, you're never going to be able to cook. You'll only ever be able to stick something in a microwave. And, you know, all these things really upset me because I thought, wait a minute, I'm too young to be written off like this. These are things that I really love doing. Now, I love cooking. I cannot bake to save myself <laughs> I can't cook <laughs> but I can bake <laughs> well, so we need to get together and we set do. up some kind of uh, business because my baking is appalling um, but I can cook and I love cooking but um, for people to tell me that I couldn't do it almost made me more determined to get on and do it it does make you want to prove to yourself and to other people that actually I'm not uh, in inverted commas, disabled, I can actually do everything. And the whole stigma of disabled people sometimes presume that you can't do anything. But you do have to go, no, I can and um, I will. Very much so. Now, I know you were diagnosed with, with this best disease when you were quite young, weren't you? I, I was, yes. Luckily, my parents took all four of their children to the eye specialist to make sure that if they had any problems from early on, they were diagnosed early enough, so any treatment, if there was any, which unfortunately there isn't, could have been given to us at at the early stages. Very grateful to my parents for having found that one. Oh, very much so, because it does tend to affect children between, well, diagnosis in children between the age of kind of five and, and 15. But how does it actually affect the vision? What, what can you see when you have BESTS? BESTS is a kind of macular degeneration. Now, a lot of people have heard of it as age-related macular degeneration, which comes on in older people and it causes blind spots in the middle of your central vision. A lot of people understand age-related macular degeneration because it is getting more uh, news coverage. There's a lot more research happening into it. What I have is a version of macular degeneration which has caused blind spots in both of my eyes. Um, My right eye has been affected worse than my left eye Um, I'm no longer able to read with my right eye at all. I can read just a little bit letter by letter, which is quite painful when you're trying to read a book or a text message or a letter or when you're trying to write something on a computer. 
My left eye has a, a smaller blind spot in the central vision, but again, it, it still affects my reading, so you can't see the centre bit of the word, so your brain kind of has to make up what you presume is going to be written there. I sometimes wonder, Penny, is, is being partially sighted more frustrating than being blind? I mean, I know you don't have much useful vision, but to strain and to try really hard uh, to read things letter by letter. You know, I have friends who are, are partially sighted and I sometimes think, you know, that must be so much more difficult because with being completely blind myself, I know that there's nothing I could, I'm not going to read anything. Uh, there's nothing that is going to appear on a page in front of me, but I suppose it's different for different people. It's, it's more tricky when you're dealing with people and trying to explain to people that you can't see, but you can. And, and people, a lot of people do not understand that, well, if you can see that and you can see across the road and you can cross the road and, and you can walk down the street on your own, well, why can't you read that piece of paper? Or why didn't you recognise me as I walked past you in the street that, they they don't understand the difference whereas if you're blind they understand it they think okay this person cannot see at all whereas partially sighted it's a little a little more tricky and a little more of a gray area do you know my best friend is is partially sighted and he sometimes feels like people are looking at him like he's some kind of fraud you know handing over a travel pass when he doesn't have a, a white cane he doesn't have a guide dog he doesn't need that but he needs to read extremely large print um you know his central vision is affected he's got star guards you know his peripheral vision is much better but his central vision is terrible and people look at him and, and treat him as if he's, he's some kind of fraud because he doesn't have a white cane I have a white cane. I, I don't use it. Um, I, maybe I should in some places, but I, I see it as vulnerability. And I don't wish people to know. I, don't, I know that sounds silly, but because I've only been registered for four years, I'm still emotionally dealing with it. I have spoken to people who just don't get that when you do lose one of your faculties and in our case it's obviously our sight it's a completely life-changing experience because all of a sudden you're plunged into a world of darkness or almost darkness and you know your life as you've known it is completely different and emotionally that doesn't always register immediately it can take a long long time or you can blank it or like me it took me about four years before I actually broke down I had a breakdown because I couldn't cope with it anymore and I couldn't cope with having to pretend that, you know, I was this blind girl that could just cope with anything that life threw at her. We all have our moment. We all have our breaking point. Yes, yes, we do. They hopefully happen in private or with someone that you trust. <laughs> I'm very glad I had the wobble because I learnt a lot. It's such a hard thing to actually give yourself some pity. And it's not, not self-pity, it's not sympathy but it's patting yourself on the back and going they're there it's okay to be upset 
Yes, I think you've got to be kind to yourself, don't you? And a lot of the time we are so hard on ourselves. And I think particularly as women, Penny, we put a, a lot of expectations on ourselves. So we do tend to kind of get on with things sometimes better than perhaps a man, any men I know. Uh, and that's not me being sexist. It's just any men I know. I know that I've been better at coping with, with certain things in life in, in a way that they're better at coping with, with other things. But uh, I do think we tend to kind of plod on, don't we? We have to. We still have to get up every morning. We still have to make our dinner. We still have to do the shopping. We still have to plan. We have to prep. And I'm not saying that men don't do that, but majority of women, we do that. And, And we do. We still have to keep going. We still have to keep going to work or earning the money or planning for the future. And we, we do have to plod on and it's very hard. I think that if you can focus yourself, which is something that I mean, you've really put so much effort and time and care into your baking again. Now, I know that, that you always love baking. Um, yeah. you, you used to kind of bake at work, didn't you? And you realised that that was your forte. You always <laughs> used to bake for each other in our little baking competitions, which we I did, think yes. is brilliant. <laughs> it's so, so much gave fun. I of free cookbooks, uh, free baking books. So it's like, right, OK, I'm going to do page seven. <laughs> you do page nine, okay? <laughs> See, I just think that's brilliant. I really do. I mean, honestly, I, I don't think it's a good idea we do it here because um, I'm in an office with mostly boys um, who I don't think are really into baking at all. And I'm such a terrible baker. Maybe maybe <laughs> cooking might be a different story. But um, no, you, you did used to do these baking competitions and you had great fun with it. But you did actually go and study to be a baker. Yes, I uprooted and moved up to Sheffield. I heard the college course there was extremely good for bakery. So I came up, I did two years of bakery. I did my third year specialising in patisserie. I was diagnosed partially sighted during my third year, which is a bit of a shock. And because I was concentrating so hard and working so hard, I thought the funniest thing was, oh, well, at least I've got a bus pass. And, and, you know, occasionally I took the bus into college, which was an absolute luxury for me. I would always walk. Um, and at the end of the college course, and I've never won anything in my life before, and I'm so proud of myself, and I know my parents are very proud. I was awarded Student of the Year, which I'm very, very proud of, and I must have worked harder and, and must have been... Pretty good for the for the tutors to award it to myself. Oh, um, absolutely! I mean, what an achievement! You know, that is is absolutely brilliant, especially when it's something that's such a passion of yours. To know that you've been the best, you know, out of all your your uh, college course mates, <laughs> then you know, it's it's brilliant. It, yes, it took a while for that one to sink in. <laughs> Uh, yes, there's a wonderful photograph my boyfriend took of me. My mum happened to come up um, over that week and she was lucky enough to be able to come and so she saw it, the presentation, which was marvellous for her. But my boyfriend took a photograph of me and I'm I'm in total shock just going, me? <laughs> me? Really? <laughs> uh, it all came shattering, to, uh, shattering down a week later because once college had finished, a week later... I got a second eye condition, which meant overnight my eyesight deteriorated so badly I could not see at all. It was as if you kind of rub your eye and you think you can get the fuzziness off. It never went, and it 
it took a while to realize that something was wrong. It wasn't going and it was still there and, and I phoned up and I got a, an appointment at the hospital with the ophthalmologist and it took a while with all the different tests that they have to go through to check everything is in order and to see what is wrong for them to come up with a diagnosis of multifocal choroiditis, which is a form of uveitis. So it, it must have been such a blow so quickly after finishing your course and finishing it on such a high. What did you do after that? I moved into my own flat and I woke up every morning and I limited myself on how long I could spend on a computer, but I would research a recipe or I'd read a recipe book and I was sitting there going, I'm going to be determined. I'm not going to waste three years of hard work. And I baked. I baked almost every day. And the days that I didn't bake, you'll laugh at this, I learned cooking. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got a couple of good cooking um, dinner recipes out of it. But I made myself get up and work and make sure that I can still because I didn't want to waste all the training that I had and I would do tra- practice piping work and decorating Christmas cakes with I do big and bold it's easy um, there's a lot of pre-made decorations out there you can get as well these days which are absolutely brilliant for people like myself but I practiced I baked I tried different things I tried 10 different recipes for a brownie five different recipes for a sponge cake and I would continually just try and get something that I knew at the end was totally acceptable and a saleable product. And this is what you want to do now. You want to, you're in the process of starting up your own business. I am, yes. I'm in research and development stage and I'm getting very fat from it now. I've been lucky enough to be found and asked for by a local sandwich shop to come in and make his cakes. So I go in once a week and I make his cakes for him. And through lots of trials at home, we've come up with a good basis of recipes. So I've got a cherry crumble slice, a chocolate brownie, which which they love, is very popular. I have to make quite a few of those. We've got coffee and walnut cake. I have um, millionaire's shortbread with the shortbread and caramel and chocolate on top. So I, I've done a lot of research. Yes, I am in the process of building up the the basis of good recipes that work. And I know that a great support to you all along the way has been your lovely partner. Yes, John is is an absolute diamond. Without him, I, I would dread to think where I would be today. Well, do you know, he thinks exactly the same about you because uh, he said <laughs> that, that you're the strongest person that he knows. And that's such a lovely thing for a partner to say, to recognise that strength. Yes, he did, he did. I think that was during one of my wobbles. <laughs> oh, he sounds, he sounds brilliant. He really, really does, as do you. And, you know, I wish you all the very best of luck you. with your business. I'm so excited for you. Have you never thought about becoming the first blind contestant on Great British Bake Off. (laughs) To tell you the truth, I hate competitions.
<laughs> Please no. <laughs> but you're so good at them. Yeah, uh, because I've been trained, I can't do it. Oh, really? I think, I think that's it. I hope that's the rule. <laughs> oh, no. Listen, I think you should look into this definitely without a doubt, Penny, because <laughs> I think you would be great. And what a way to bring some publicity to your new business. <laughs> that would be marvellous, wouldn't it? Penny's Bakery. <laughs> definitely. Well, the very best of luck, Penny. And thank you so much for joining us here on RNIB Connect Radio today. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, Jill, for inviting me. For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts.